Welcome to the One of a Kind podcast, the show where we explore the stories we tell ourselves and the moments that got us here. I'm Nisi Duran, and I hope today's conversation gives you something to smile about. Welcome to the fourth episode of the One of a Kind podcast. Today's guest is the incomparable Ashley Gardner. Ashley is a registered nurse at University of California, San Diego's Burn Intensive Care Unit. She spent the formative years of her career on night shift at Zuckerberg, San Francisco, General Hospital Emergency Room and Trauma Center. I have personally been impressed by Ashley in countless ways, but I will always be in awe of her of how she handled herself as an ER nurse during COVID's peak. She currently lives with her husband in Encinitas, California, where she enjoys sleeping overnight and fighting with her golden retriever over her spot on the Chase Lounge. I can also tell you from personal experience that she makes incredible appetizers and is an amazing auntie. We kicked off our conversation analyzing how Gen Z stole our music, which I decided I am okay with because it means Usher will always live on. We also discussed the value of vulnerability, the importance of opening up to your people, and how to become more aware of our inner thoughts so we can learn to be kinder to ourselves. A warning that there is mention of eating disorders in this episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation with the amazing Ashley. Oh my gosh, yes. How was the how was that? How was it? I'm, I'm so dancing. glad I'm talking to you because it's like, okay, because I have to get this documented. So it all started when the Super Bowl happened. <laughs> and we had a friend come over. So David has a golf friend. His name is Jason. His wife is Lana. And I like her so much, but we haven't spent that much time together. Just she has mm-hmm. a little kid and we have our kids and stuff. And yeah. So during the Super Bowl was one of the first times we like spent a couple hours together. And then Rihanna came on the halftime and we were like both dancing. We we're like, oh, we love it. We miss dancing. And I made a comment like, isn't it the worst that now the only time you ever get to go dancing is when you go to a wedding? She was like, yes. And I was like, and we're older now. So most of our weddings are like behind us. And I was like, that sucks. Cause I love dancing so much. And she was like, we should go dancing one day. And we're like, yeah, we should. And we were like laughing about it. And she was like, no, like we should go dancing. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, what are we getting into here? (laughs) But then she reached back out. Like, I don't know if it was like the next day or the two days later, she was like, lady, I'm serious. Like, let's pick a time and a day to go do this. And I was like, all right, I love it. Like, cause sometimes you say things and then life happens and it just fizzles out. It just, yeah, it dissipates and you're just like, oh yeah, that would be great. And yes. In theory. And then, and in practice, but then we don't do it. So then I gave her some dates to coincide with like the closest of my birthday. So I picked <laughs> March 18th, last, this last Saturday, a couple of days before my birthday, right? And this homegirl finds a promoter at a club. <laughs> and you're like, full table bottle service? Yes. Well, yes, this is the way you club. I, I never, I mean, I have, but like for bachelorettes <laughs> and things like that, but not yeah. just for like a random, you know, I was just expecting that you'd go up, you'd show up and it was like a table with like the, you know, the bottle and stuff, but I'm gonna tell you the whole saga. We get there. We got there at 845, (laughs) Ashley. It opened at nine. (laughs) (laughs) Not only was it not open, but you arrived early. 
I mean, Sylvia, I think you knew that though. Like, this is a little early. Like, we this has the time change. The sun's still out, but you're all like, we're going to go club. <laughs> so we go to our table, and then the waitress is super nice. She's wearing like underwear, essentially, like lacy underwear, a little hottie very sweet. She's mm-hmm. like, whatever you guys need. And then she asked Lana, do you want your bottle now? And she was like, yeah, sure. There's like maybe 12 people at the club at that point, And we're the only ones at the table. Like nobody, none, none of the table people have arrived. Cause you don't have to get there early. If you have a table, you can arrive no. anytime and you, you walk, walk in. Yes. <laughs> so like... At 8.45 PM. <laughs> so then all these beautiful women come out and their underwear holding like little like sparklers <laughs> and a sign <laughs> that says like happy birthday Sylvia and I started blushing because I didn't know she was going to do that I thought they were just going to yeah. bring out a bottle but Lana had told me it was my birthday and so then yeah. we're like I'm like dancing by myself <laughs> like with the sparkler because Lana's taking a video and it's just the two of us and I think the 12 <laughs> people that walked in paying $20 cover were like what's wrong with you guys so but it was awesome, Ashley. I told yeah. her about you. I was like, you need to come. I was like, if we do this again, totally down. my friend Ashley will come. Totally down. I'm I'm just she's so motivated to like pull this like yeah. In, yeah. Lana is her name. Lana. Right? Yeah, Lana. That she was yeah. like even apprehensive herself. And then she's yes. like, No, we're gonna do this. We're gonna and do I, this. And this is the time. It's like A, you get the benefits of like stepping out of your life, kind of like enjoying music and a yes. party scene, which and it's like the first time you enjoy it the right way with a table service and you oh, can actually yes. afford it. Because you're I know. Funny. I know. <laughs> so well, I'm like, laid off. But... <laughs> well, <laughs> I got severance. I got severance. I can do bottle I service. I was like, yeah, I'm like, they better be. Yeah. We should just do it again. Just go. Here's the thing. We were there until go? midnight. Downtown San Diego. And we went to Onyx nightclub. Oh, they were all I don't know so any sweet. clubs down there. Oh, neither do I. Neither do I. I'm I had to like... ask around. I asked my 24-year-old trainer, Trent. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Trent, uh, <laughs> Trent really knows. <laughs> he was like, so nice. He was. That's awesome. Giving you club references, you're like putting them on your Google Map with the little flags. <laughs> we can get this one on this month, and then six months later. Oh, I'm glad you had a great night. I'm so glad you had a great oops, night. Oops, oops, oops. Yeah, you're just. But you know what I have found, or what I believe, and you can tell me because I'm not yeah. in the club scene whatsoever. Never really have been. But um, now I kind of, after this story, really want to check it. Out. let's do it girl but, uh, I, i'm totally down um i always feel though that this new generation gen z or whatever yeah. plays all of our music oh my god okay i was gonna stop talking about music. the clubbing because i was like i've been talking about this too long but that's what i was gonna tell you it was yes. all our music it's what the hell every, that's what i would suspect it's like yeah this is yeah mm-hmm. get your own don't you guys have your own music? Like that was from 10 years ago. And yes, I'm still listening to it on my Spotify. But it's my generation. But it's our generation. So, you know, they always like, what's that word? Chuggy? If you're a millennial. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I mean, like oh, they're doing some chuggy. Right back at you. Yeah, Right exactly. back at you. They embrace our chuggy music across the board, whatever style it is. They've embraced it. They really have. And it's just like, we just knew our music was always better. It was so good. They yeah. were like Usher, Rihanna, Beyonce. Um, but then they had like, what I don't know the name of the song, but I'm just going to say it a little bit. It was like, apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. With the fur. The whole club was looking at yeah. her. And I you was guys like, like, what? She hit the flow. <laughs> and then Lana got low, low. low. <laughs> I did not. I was like trying. I was like, ooh, ow. 
but I was shocked. I was like, this is so weird. This is our music. No, it was, it's totally okay. our music. So then that means they the want thing. us there. They want us at the club I with think them. they want us there or like, we don't have to move on from like our, our past selves. Because <laughs> it's so good. Because it was so good and we did it so well. Let's just we be real. So oh my God. We're going to show up next time with champagne and fur boots. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> and I got my your eyes. wedding dress. Those are my house boots. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. And that'll make it a happy occasion. I just remember yeah. you were like, your arms were like, bam. You were like, <laughs> they're like so much, so much muscle. I don't even know what the muscles are called. That was my goal. That was my goal. You did and it, like, girl. It's really what's really helps me with work and keeping myself physically fit and lifting um, and really helping my body get through each day. But thank you. Cause I was really, um, I've always been very self-conscious. And so that was something oh. in that dress was like, I went through so many months of doubts, actually like almost two years of it by the time we actually oh, had, you had to keep wedding. delaying, delaying your wedding. Yes. Yeah. So um, I did. Thank you for mentioning that. I, yeah. I always kind of um, run away from compliments like that, but um, thank you. I, I really felt the same way about myself. So yes. appreciate that. Yeah. That's a beautiful transition. You talked about work a little bit. Like, what is it that you do? I already know, but you know, I'm a registered nurse, um, in California and I have been a nurse for eight years How and many? eight years. Eight Wait, years. eight. Let me see. 2015 July. Yeah. We're getting there this summer. I'll be a nurse for eight years. Amazing. I currently work in the um, intensive care unit at UCSD's burn center. So I'm on a burn ICU. But the last seven years, I've been strictly in the emergency department in trauma. So I have a, had a recent change up in my career um, in the last couple of months. So that's what I kind of do now. Why did you make Why the change? Why did I make the change? There's a couple things actually that really contributed to it was one of the main things um, during COVID, we had um, two very, very kind of difficult family episodes to go through. Um, one being my husband's, um, my father-in-law, he was very sick with pulmonary fibrosis and kind of his disease progression until he passed in December of 2021, which was two months after our wedding. So he was at our wedding and gave a beautiful speech at our wedding. And then so he passed two less than, oh gosh, it was less than two months after that. And then my aunt um, unfortunately passed away from metastatic breast cancer in July of 2020. Then these scenarios, they were all like very long-term. They, um, in both situations, our family members were at home um, okay. on the last, um, their last weeks of life. And I had a realization that, or I had an understanding that my clinical knowledge was very short time frame. I know what to do in an emergent. If someone passed out or something like that, I would know what to do. That that was very comfortable for me. I wouldn't say comfortable, but like I have the skills to, and the mindset yeah, the to react yeah. and know what they need or find out things to understand what they need. And going through um, these experiences with my family members understanding that this is actually kind of where I want to go. This is what I want to understand. This is what I want to grow into. In the emergency department, it's very, it's very episodic. It's very episodic. And they just kind of, you have these very intense interactions with people at very, very difficult points in their life. And then and they go away. And then you don't see them again. You don't yeah. see them again. And that's good. I, I think they're you know, there's a healthy disconnect. Yeah. There's a boundary there. Yeah. But I realized that I actually really wanted to continue on with a lot of these people. 
So um, that kind of, those things kind of opened me up to want to make a change and look for some jobs. And I ended up at the burn ICU, um, which is very different. So I, I feel like a new, like I'm new intro, new intro nurse back into nursing again. Um, so it's very humbling. I've always found the workplace or in the emergency department, like the chaos of it. I'm very, I feel more confident in that, in that environment than sometimes I do in my own life. Oh. So I've now changing departments. I'm kind of, I'm back to that kind of insecure anxiousness and I have to build it back up again. Um, and so that's what I'm currently going through now. When you said that you sort of have to create these boundaries with folks, right? So mm-hmm. what other skills do you think you learned being in the ER that got you to the point where in an emergency, you can just act? Like what are the things that you think? Cause they probably, I'm, I'm making an assumption. They probably yeah. might blend into your personal life as well too, right? Just mm-hmm. how you approach a crisis sort of thing. Always slowing down and taking a step back. That is, there's no need to rush. When you rush, you fumble. When you, oh, you fumble mentally, you fumble with your hands, you drop things. Um, and when you take a step back, take a breath, take in the entire, take in everything, take in who's in your room, what's in your room, look at your resources and then know what your next steps are. Um, and you're think you have to be constantly reprioritizing what that person needs and that can change very quickly. When you hurry and when you rush, you fumble. I've gotten that feedback so much from my therapist <laughs> around like, take a second, breathe, slow down. Yeah. It's always like slow yeah. down because I, mm-hmm. I can I can feel it in my body when I'm getting anxious or I'm getting nervous or I'm feeling insecure about something. I mean, even in like a business meeting, we talk, we start, I'll speak for myself. I start talking really fast, you know, and to your point, like, I just think that's such good advice just in general. Like so many, many of us could just slow down. down. And even when it's like a life and death scenario, you're saying that that's beneficial to just take a beat, examine what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I can't speak to the world, but for me and those from what I was processing, you need to process the process and so that you make the right choice, at mm-hmm. least with the information that you have. Right. Exactly. And there's still so much stimulus coming in and then also acknowledging, um, that the way you feel, because I still feel anxious. I still feel like yeah. I have to hustle and you get, and you kind of get this, that inner chest tightness restriction, which I, whether it can be in you know, in your home or, and then recognizing, like, acknowledge how you feel and then, okay, how am I going to get through this? Cause you can't feel like this. You got to let it, you got to shake it out, um, and redirect your mind to what you need to do. Um, to I wish I was better cause I still get, I get more anxiety in my house on a day off to get stuff done <laughs> than yes. I would have work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's well, so that was going to be my next questions for you. You said that you were more confident in the ER environment, like on the job than you are in your personal life. Why do you think that is? Like, why were you so confident in your work environment? And what do you think is preventing you from feeling confident in your, you know, personal capacity? I I don't, I don't know because I, I didn't, this is a very new realization for me. And it wasn't until I stopped working in the ER that I realized that I 
I was so confident when I was working in chaos Yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah. Once you get around people that you feel supported by and are confident in, I had that there too. I had that camaraderie. You're, I was, I was not, I say that I was confident and in myself. Yes. But also I was a part of something bigger. I wasn't the only one in that room. I was and very confident in the them. people that I was working with. And, and they, you know, they build you up too and support you and say like, hell yeah, like we couldn't have got through that without you or thank God you ran into that, you know? And so it was team, it was total team. It is, it is not, you do not work by yourself. I mean, sometimes you do, but then there's always someone popping their head in when it's chaos and you think you're by yourself and they got your back. It really builds up your character. I always think like you need to have your confidence in yourself. That needs to come from within. Yes, but you also need to surround yourself with people that like make you feel that way too. The fact that you were working in a team environment helped you with your confidence and helped you felt feel supported and that you're part of a bigger thing. And then yeah. it made me think of how, you know, like high school, college athletes, like once they're done with that team, a lot of times like people feel loss of like. Yeah. They feel like they're floating. Right. And I feel like so yeah. many of us in our adult, adult life, even if you have a partner, you feel like you're floating, like that the experiences mm-hmm. you having or that you're having are so specific and isolating in that, you know, like a classic teenager mentality of like, my parents don't understand me. Like no yeah. one's been through what I've been through. Yeah. And I'm just, so I get sad because I think about how, at least in our society, we're not built into these teams anymore. Yeah. And like, We're getting how can more we rep- isolated. Yes. Like, how do we replicate mm-hmm. this like team feel- feeling? Because honestly, like, when I got laid off, like, I did feel like I was part of a team. Like, I got so much love and so much support from so yeah. many people. I'm still getting it. Yeah. And it was a reminder of like, oh, I'm not alone. Like, I might choose to suffer alone in the dark and cry about it for a little while. Yeah. That's my choice. But if I want to be surrounded by people, I will be. All yeah. I have to say is, and like, I need it. Yeah. And I know not everybody's that lucky. Like, I know, like I've invested in my relationships and I'm very fortunate. Right. But I think most of us are not as alone as we think we are. Yeah. And so that's where I just got a little bit sad of like, how do we make us make everyone feel like they are part of the team because they are, do you know what I mean? I mean, I think it's like, yeah, I I totally know what you mean. Um, I I think it's like things like this that you're doing. Like I haven't, Mm. I never said I've, this is just a realization that I didn't realize that that component of it, what made, made me who I was and made me feel so confident in myself um, in, in that situation, which I still haven't translated over in my personal life, but I'm working <laughs> on it. Um, but I think it's things like these, like talking about them, discussing them, having an open mind about it and getting that conversation out there. Um, I think, and it's tough because we are so in our bubble, this bubble. Oh my gosh. I know. We're so, I, know. If, I don't know if you'd see my phone. Yeah, I will narrate it. She was on her phone. She was on her phone. not making eye contact with me to replicate <laughs> yeah. the experience and, we all have. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough that our society has become so dependent on that. And you may be working, you, but we're not engaging. I, I, um, and we're not mindful of that. I'm, I'm still guilty of that as well. Um, because when you're, when you're focused here, you're not focused on what's in front of you, which could be your significant other, your family, your dog, you know, yes. your dog's yeah. feeling it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, you 100%. know, I, we're distracted. I, we're distracted. And I think it's, it is taking your own, I mean, recognizing what you need and making changes every day or seeking out things like this. Like you're going to, and I, I think I've mentioned this, you're going to touch somebody. You're mm. going to speak to somebody with this, with what so you're doing. So are you. So are you. I don't you. know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it's things yeah. like, whether it's one person, like all it takes is one person and it's worth it. It is. Um, to know that. And I think, I think ultimately too, it's we, and I will credit our generation again, not only for, um, get low boots with the fur, <laughs> but, um, that was from us. Um, my time, my time. My time. Um, but also in that we are bringing to the table that we need to talk about these things. Yes. And it is okay. Yes. And because our parents, and I'll speak to my parents specifically, that it was not okay to show weakness, show any type of discomfort or any type of anxiousness, even, or even it's not talked about. So they, and so we're kind of breaking from that and saying like, no, it's okay. And we all feel like this. Like we all feel it. Everyone feels like this. This is, you're not solo. There's no, there's nothing wrong the with most, you for feeling this way. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, like, I think our society, we always make these assumptions that these people have, there are people in the world that we look up to, whether it's, you know, celebrities or on TV or whatever, that they know everything or even someone we work with. Oh, they're totally confident in their life. They totally have it all together. Um, but really they too still struggle with things. And I think everyone's on the same playing field there. Um, yeah. We're all struggling in the same journey. We're all just trying to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're like, I'm just trying to get through my night at the club like I did 10 years ago. You know, make sure I'm hydrating. Um, You're totally right because, and actually I'll give a shout out to my mom because my mom's been in therapy for many, many years. And she, I tell her, she's like a pioneer and like telling people about it. Mm -hmm. And at first some Mm -hmm. like extended family they were judgy. Luckily they were judgy to her face. And so she could refute it and she stayed calm, but there was this perception of like, Oh, you must be crazy. Something's wrong with you. And she was like, actually, Mm -hmm. it's really healthy. These are things I get out of it. I really enjoy it. And so I'm really proud of her, but but she's not, she's not the norm, right? Like most people are very hush hush about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And now my dad jokes that because I'm always like, Oh, my therapist is my therapist that. And I told him that pretty much all my friends have therapists. And he was like, this is a rich person. <laughs> so that's the next like hurdle, you know, like it needs to be accessible to lots of people mm-hmm. and it just needs to be the norm for anyone who wants it. Right. But it, I'm glad we got to that point where now he's just like making fun of me for being like, Oh, well, you're the one that's well off. So therefore, <laughs> so therefore that, uh, <laughs> but it's not because you're crazy, resources. you know, no, it's not yeah, you're crazy. It's because you're wealthy. Yes. So <laughs> it's, it's because like you another... have money. And so you can, you have insurance, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, but I agree with you. Um, everyone could benefit from it. And I'm, I'm totally. a big proponent. Your insurance is paying for, or you're paying yeah. your co-payment to yeah. literally just unload all of your problems. It's amazing. It's not so cool to unload <laughs> that on some your friends that are also going through their own stuff. So you kind of got it. <laughs> I, I'm a little too open about things. So I really need to watch, like, I have to be mindful about unloading it onto somebody else that's going through something or... um. So it's a balance, right? Like I think yes. just to, just to push a little bit on that. Cause I feel the same exact way as you. And I used to never tell people when I was struggling 
I want deep relationships with the people in my life. Mm -hmm. And the way to get deep with someone is to be vulnerable and to share when you are struggling, right? To your point, if someone is just, you know, they are on their last, you know, I don't even know what the phrase is, but you know, essentially they're not emotionally equipped to, to, to take on anything else. Like I agree with you. Like yeah. we don't want to burden our friends, but I'm really working on burdening them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. like, they like, are there. That's how you create deep, meaningful connections. Right. I think from a friend perspective, you don't have to have the best advice. My, one of my no, best friend, no. Glad, she always yeah. has these like world, like wisdom <laughs> that comes forward. And I'm just like, who were you in a previous life? You know, and she's younger than me. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I always, I, I told her, I was like, I get really anxious when she comes to me with her issues. Cause I always feel like I need to reciprocate this, like a mate when I'm like, I don't have it. She's like, no, I just, I just like, it makes me feel so good that you like, you just, I, I see you, you I understand her. you. Yes. I love you. I don't need to come forward with this. Like I, that's how I feel that she does to me. So um, she was laughing because she doesn't think she's like that at all, but I know, I know who she truly is. So <laughs> yeah. But I love that you told her you were like, yeah. I feel anxious. I do. I feel <laughs> this way. Like that means you guys yeah. are very loving friends. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like you told her. Yes. That's I awesome. Mean, I think it's like, I, yeah, I don't, I think the other, yeah, what you're getting at is like, don't shut off to your people. Yeah. yeah. There's someone, there's someone, don't shut off to them. Don't. And if you want to, I mean, it's one thing if you're going through something and you need to be in private about it or go through it privately. Totally. Totally. But have somebody have some, I mean, it doesn't have to be everybody, but I think you need one person to go. Don't keep it to yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't totally have to agree. be, it doesn't have to be your family. It doesn't have to be your spouse. It doesn't have to be, um, but have, have that one person you need to offload it. Have it be your therapist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they will not repeat it. <laughs> they will not repeat it. Exactly. I wanted to ask you about, cause you talked about like mental building, like your mental strength and, mm. you know, working on that. But then at the beginning, you also talked about like working out and how that you said it helped you get through the day. Like, what do you mean by that? Do something physically active that you enjoy that can get your mind off of your life. Oh, is that why I, you I do think it? it's like that. I think like when I've learned now working, I was able and fortunate to be able to work with a trainer. And now I've worked with her for a couple of years, but when I'm in, when I'm working with her, I can't think of, and she's coaching me through how to do certain things and lift certain things safely and building the strength. Yeah. I can't think of anything else other than my physical body and what I'm doing. Um, the only other time I felt like that is like skiing. We, I grew up skiing. And so, um, but I think, I think it just over resonates of like, not over resonates. I don't know if that's correct, but, um, resonates. Let's make that, it up. Let's make yeah, it let's up. Do, it's over resonating. <laughs> um, that, I think it's also that have some connection with your body. And mm. I think this is a daily thing for me. Cause when I go on a stretch of work shifts, you know, I'm going in, I'm coming back, I'm going right to bed. My shoulders are up to like my ears and I like go to sleep like that. And then I wake back up and then I go to work like that. Um, but I think it's just it any tool that helps you connect with your body and how your body feels. Um I love it. And and that could be something as simple as like just taking a walk with no headphones. <laughs> Try to take a walk with <laughs> oh, no headphones. 
and not listening to something. Just you don't even have to pay attention to yourself. Just whatever you're around. Um, so like a little more less stimulating. Interesting. Okay. So are you, and so you're, you're taking walks and then are you like lifting weights with the trainer? Is that what you're doing? I am lifting weights with the trainer. So I do okay. strength training twice a week with her strength training. Okay. Um, and you know, it has ultimately, it was it has only really twice a week to get those guns. <laughs> it was. I would do it twice a week. I ain't got those guns. You must also you have know, low body like, fat. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about, I think it, it fluctuates. Like, boom, boom. I don't know. <laughs> like trying, Let me just take off my jacket now. <laughs> flex for me, girl. Flex for me, girl. That's amazing. So you, so lifting weights and I, I hear you. So you said it's, so when you're lifting weights, do you feel like you have less stimulus going on too? Because you're just so focused on, so focused on what I'm doing. Oh, I can't think of anything else. Um, oh. I've also been very fortunate to be able to find somebody that I really get along with. I really respect how she approaches it. She is really more catered towards women. And it also helps me at work because my job is very physical as well. Yes. So that has, I just want, I, I want to, we're all getting older everyone's going that way. Like no one is going back. They, like, you and, know, if we're lucky, you, we get older, right? Yes, exactly. But it's like a body emotion stays in motion. That's like the one thing that I've learned taking care of like people in their mid nineties who are just like, they kept going. They're with it. They're walking, they're out there. Um, body so that's like, stays that's, in motion. that's mm. what like, it really, it just really helps. But also there's so many, there's so many parts of it. Yes. Do I like wearing tank tops? Yes, I do. <laughs> and you know i think women your michelle able, obama moments yeah, exactly you know and it's like and and just to be very transparent about where i've come from with that is that like i spent and i'm like debating whether but this always kind of comes up i spent probably in, from when i was like 13 until my mid-20s with like a mix of eating disorders and body dysmorphia oh. So okay. yeah, I'm making it my ultimate goal to take care of myself now, like the right way, That's amazing. not that way, not that, you know, that very, um, what all women are kind of put up to very waif-like, very thin, very slender. Like I can't, I can't do that. I I'm smaller, but like I have a very demanding job and I, I need strength, um, to be able to get through that, especially like you want kids. Like how many times are you picking up your, your 70 year old, 70, 70 year old, not 70 pound <laughs> child. Not 70 oh my old. God. Yes. And then you're like, my shoulder hurts. My back hurts. Like it's how true. do I go into this safely to not hurt myself? Cause we're getting older and we, you know, have a lot more demands on our body, especially as women, especially as women. We all have some body dysmorphia. I'm the first one to say like, can you describe what that means? Like a body, body dysmorphia. In my opinion, and now this isn't like Google totally. and then like <laughs> define, totally. um, it's just that you, I, I just take it as like negative thoughts towards your own physical appearance. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you listen to people, it's like, we all do. You're not included in this, but it's like everyone, like we all have like very negative thoughts. Um, oh, I do. Themselves. I'm very yeah. included in this. Yes. hundred oh, percent. And, um, Unfortunately, like that took up, that literally took up a decade of my life. Mm, and I I'm look sorry. back and it's like, why? I mean, it's very like, thank you. Thank you for, but you know, I, I just feel like 
it is, it, that is something that's so common. It's like every day I still have to like keep myself in check about like what I'm thinking. Um, you know, listen to more Lizzo. She's, Oh, I like oh, it. Oh, <laughs> you know, like it, those are the people that it's like you look to and you're like, okay, like need to be more like that confident. Like I love that of whoever, um, whoever you are and like what you love about yourself. You know, I could pick apart a million things, you know, it's like, so maybe it's like we need to change our thought process of like, what do I love about myself? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be something physical or it doesn't have to be something positive. It could be something neutral. Um, just let's steer away just from the neutral. negative. Like, just keep like, let's steer <sighs> away from that negativity. It's I and like I literally like I mean I'm saying this and I have to like constantly be of rethinking of what I'm already thinking about. Um, but yeah. So no, thank you for sharing and thank you for explaining it to me because I you're right. There's like a medical definition of like body dysmorphia, but mm-hmm. um. I feel like so many of us have it and it may not be like the exact clinical definition, but it's more what you said, right. Of just not being grateful for what our bodies do for yeah. us and give us and not being more gentle with ourselves. Like I think, um, David and I have been talking about this a lot where I've been opening up to him, opening up to him around that. I never think I'm attractive and that I always think mm. I'm fat. And those are like literally, mm the words that I use. And he's, he's shocked, right? He's just like, wait, what? Like you're yeah, like kind of thinking totally these different. things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, like, you know, in middle school, people made fun of my arms because they're so big and da-da-da. like, I have all these, ex- and I can pinpoint examples of, you know, having an experience that I believed other people and, mm-hmm. you know, and then, or I compared myself to other people and it's always mm-hmm. this like comparison thing yeah. that I've never let go of. Right. And so I, yeah. I'm so scared for my own daughter. <laughs> of like, how do I prevent? And you can't prevent everything, right? She's living in the world. And so you can't create an environment where no one ever says anything to her or she doesn't have comparisons in her brain. So I love what you're saying around how do we acknowledge that we're all feeling it, talk about it, Mm -hmm. and then get to a point where because I don't know if we're going to solve the root cause as a society, but like, are there even just like coping mechanisms that will eventually lead to more acceptance and love? Like, I think, because I think both things are really hard, right? Both accepting who you are. And then the second piece of appreciating who you are. Yeah. You know? Those are two separate things. They're both so They're hard. Two separate things. I mean, I think like what we can change is just... <sighs> We got to start with ourselves. Girl, that's too hard. I don't like that answer. I'm just kidding. We have to. Like, <laughs> <I> we, <know. laughs> we are the only thing in this life we can control. Like our own yeah. actions, our thoughts, that's the only thing that we have power over. We don't have power over anything else. I mean, a little bit. I mean, people have more power over. Like moms normally have more power over them. Than, like, no, but you're right. It's like, how are you? Yes, I agree. Applying it to you. So, I mean, how are you doing it for yourself? It's like every day. I honestly, um, there is in that, in that podcast that I've kind of really followed and have really mm-hmm. taken a real effort on my own time to get through. There's a thought, she has this concept of a thought ladder. Mm-hmm. You have whichever, ne- typically it's negative. Yeah, of course. It's your, <laughs> it's we're human. Cause we're human. Um, it's, a thought ladder. So you start with that thought. For example, um, my arms I are recently, too fat. 
My arms are too fat. I'm sorry. I just wanted you to teach me. Exactly. That's like, that's like, that's like perfect. You know, and then you start, what is something that you want to believe about your arms? Not, not change. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to change, but like, what is a thought you can change? Like you could call it like a goal thought or, um, somewhere where you would like to get to believe about your arms. Like what Mm -hmm. is something that they're strong. You gave me the first one. My arms are strong. Okay. Okay, so we have at the bottom, we have my arms are fat. Okay. And we, at the very top, my arms are strong. So it's like, what, what steps can we take from that thought? My arms are fat. Okay. Next thought up, maybe a neutral statement. You have arms. I have arms. They move. I have full mobility of them. My perception of that for you. It's like, I have seen you pick up your very heavy children. (laughs) Yes, they are strong. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You're like, My arms can move. They have full mobility. I can pick up things. I pick up my heavy children. My arms are strong because I'm already picking up my heavy children or I'm weightlifting or I'm picking up those 10 pounds and putting them overhead. Or I just went up four pounds from last week that I can lift safely. Well, and it's like, so it's like, can you already believe that other I'm going to cry, Ashley. You change your thought. But that's like, that's that's so cool. But like, that's, it's like almost with everything that I have to do or that has helped me. And this is, I mean, like, I don't think I'm by all means, like I'm still in the, in like on the ground with this, like this is still, but that has really helped me recently. Like totally change your thought. You just Mm -hmm. said my arms are thought, my fat, you want to get to my arms are strong, but I think I probably wanted to get to my arms is sexy, but I, my arms I, are I misunderstood. So, and then it's like, <laughs> neutral, yeah, it's like, you know, but like, what does that, yeah. what does sexy define that? It's like, yeah. I don't know. It's from getting yeah. to the negative, go through the neutral and then get to like, go to the neutral. Yeah. What, you know, what your perception of that for like where you want to <sighs> be. It's like, and then make it what, and then like, what are the steps I can take to I also just have less fat on my arms. So when I started picking, when I started weightlifting, they just kind of bulked up. But Your like arms my are ruining half. our lives, Ashley. They're, <laughs> oh they're too good. <laughs> no. I'm going to buy you jackets for the summer. <laughs> just want to cover them up. You can't. You know, but I'm like very self-conscious about my thighs and my legs. And yeah. I've always had bigger legs. Um, and so... I'm always very conscious of that. And like, totally. now it's like, how is my legs? Like they're rippling and like, <laughs> am I moisturizing enough? Like I hate, I hate moisturizing because I can never find a time to moisturize because I get too uh, hot. Takes- <laughs> like right before bed, I'm like, why did I put body lotion on? I'm like, I'm way That's too hot right now. That's how my kids feel. Like, and I think it's also like a Latina thing. Like we're used to like putting a ton of lotion on and Dave was like, like lathering. Yeah. Dave's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is just how I was raised. This is like how oh. I grew up. And Leo's always like, Ugh. and you have great skin, Sylvia. So thank you. you know. I'll keep moisturizing. Keep moisturizing. Keep moisturizing. Go, keep I love it. You know what though? Also your neutral points that also creates um, perspective. Do you know mm. what I mean? When you were like, my arms have full mobility. It's like right there. I almost didn't need to get to the positive thought. You have arms. They're working. They're working. And a couple of years ago, I had ulnar entrapment on both arms where like I lost the feeling in my pinky and whatever ring fingers. And I would be in constant pain if I had to go like this to make a phone call or I had to take time off of work. Like it was mandated by the doctor and I cried because he was like, you need to stop typing on the computer because you're, you're going to get permanent nerve damage. So for me, I was like, whatever, you know, like meaning like 
oh my God, my arms are not in constant pain. I can go to the gym. I can pick up my children. I can do these things that I couldn't do a couple of years ago because I overworked them, you know? So work has also kept me in check with like, I mean, every day. And it's it's like every day you can take a breath, you know? And it's like, I know being my father-in-law go through that and not being able to, it's like, like once again, like every, you know, perspective, every, uh, yeah. And I appreciate coming back there. Thank you so much. This was super fun. Thanks. So I'm like, I don't yeah. even know. I was like, I had other things. I'm like, I, but yeah, this is just how it flows. You keep doing this. This is really cool. Thank you, Ash. Have a good day. You? you too. I love you. Thank you for listening to the one of a kind podcast. This show is edited by my brother from the very same mother, Jose Duran. We have more episodes on the way, so please check us out wherever you get your podcasts.